The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back. And yes, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am uh, your host, Leanne, and um, I always look forward to Monday because Mondays are always different. I always have somebody new here. So this is a particularly um, fun one. Um, We're going to be talking about, uh, basically the title of it is The Three Key Relationships. And I'm talking with um, two guests that are from Creative Healthcare Management. Um, That was a business founded uh, 40 years ago this year, actually, um, by Marie Manthe. And she has been on the show twice before. So um, healthcare has always been about relationships. And uh, it's one of the reasons I was attracted to it, because relationships are really an important thing to me. And how much more intimate of relationships can you have than working with people that are going through life and death issues? So, um, in, in fact, what we know statistically is that people who are attracted to work in this industry with patients tend to be people who love to connect with other people. However, over the last few decades, health care has been moving toward a business-based model with numbers seeming more important than relationships. Consequently, the outcomes... Uh, and the people attracted to work there, and the patient satisfaction has suffered. My two guests today are Rebecca Smith and Brett Long, and they are passionately working to help help the healthcare industry to return to its roots. Uh, They are, as I said, from uh, Creative Healthcare Management, which we'll forward call it CHCM, just so that it's a little easier to say. And this is a team of uh, a world-famous consultation group that is promoting the concept of relationship-based care. So please join us uh, in the discussion, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, many nurses will find this uh, a familiar and welcome topic for them. So, um, Brett, can we start with you and just tell us a little bit uh, more about CHCM? uh, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What's happening with it? Well, this is a good test for me because uh, I'm just a couple years in to creative healthcare. So, <clears throat> for from my perspective, uh, as you mentioned, a company been around for 40 years, um, really with this sole purpose of the way I, these are my words uh, to return humanity to the delivery of healthcare. Yeah. And it, it what's uh, I think really attractive to me about that work is that. There's a real deep recognition that that this is a uh, really about relationships, and and it's deeper than that word might seem on the surface. It's about the mutuality of the providers and patients together yeah. that this is about working together. Yeah, yes. and so it's not you know oftentimes we say relationship as more of a one directional toward to the patient, and it's it's really more holistic than that. And so that's what intrigues me about what we do. Uh, it keeps me coming back every day. And um, so, as you mentioned, a group, we mostly do uh, consultation 
with healthcare provider groups um, in large-scale implementations of relationship-based care, or it could be single um, uh, facilitated events that we do. And then, uh, and also authors. I mean, these are folks that are have been doing this work for many years and are writing and publishing and thought leaders in the field. Because you mentioned Marie and Donna Wright and uh, Jane Felgen and all these folks that have really contributed to the literature over the years. So um, I'm not a nurse. Okay. Uh, and so I'm actually currently the only non-nurse consultant oh, okay. in, in the in the company. And so, uh, which has been a deliberate move to try to broaden and expand really the work that they're doing to folks outside of nursing, because mm-hmm. we know that it's very much needed uh, in addition to nurses to brought to physicians and administrative leaders and so forth. Well, great. Rebecca, tell us a little bit about you and how you came to be here. Well, I'm one of the people who works most closely with the creation of the many books that uh, Creative Healthcare Management has published. Um, way back in what must have been 2003, uh, the book, or even earlier, the book that we had, uh, originally published in 2004 is a uh, relationship-based care book, which has, um, which has, there are lots of copies out there. I think it's 80,000 copies or more that are out there. Um, and I was just somebody who had I'd written a book of my own, and um, through odd little circumstances, I, uh, they found me, and we kind of just talked about um, what mattered most to us. I had no background in healthcare whatsoever; just I knew how to write, and I knew how to help other people write and to express themselves. Um, I guess thoroughly. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed right away in working with um, nurses who are writing is. Um, that they they know so much and and it's a very insular sort of world and so there's a shorthand that nurses can use with other nurses and my role a lot of my role was to make uh, everything the nurses were saying to each other something that could be palatable to everybody because when uh, an organization does relationship-based care it often has traditionally gone in through the nursing department usually the cno but it is for the entire organization so it needs to be understandable and um, attractive to everybody in the organization so even though i'm i'm not a nurse and i've never worked uh, as a clinician of any kind um I, I have been the person who for, what is that, 15 years or whatever it is, uh, I've been sort of the receptacle of, of all the information that, I, I mean, I constantly ask the people in the company about um, what they know on whatever topic we're talking about, and I've been the person who's tried to guide all the So groups. you're really translating from <clears throat> yeah. uh, med speak or medical speak Sometimes. into more common language. Well, and even, even more common, uh, commonly, they don't know how special the things are that they're talking about. So often it's me who says, you know, that's far more interesting. You know, you glossed right over it. Can we go back to that really, really interesting mm-hmm. piece? Because they don't, they don't always know yeah. what's special. The thing that I've noticed, um, you know, having been a nurse um, for 46 years, um, I always, you know, like I said, I was attracted to the nursing because of that interaction on such an intimate level. And it's the thing through all the ups and downs and frustrations and terrors that you go through as a nurse, it's the thing that kept me coming back again and again as being really, really important to me. Mm. Um, But what I keep hearing now is, you know, for a while everything seemed to be more business speak. Um, 
And now not even just in healthcare, but I'm hearing in other business where people are saying, you know, relationships is what it's all about. And you know, I've, I haven't counted it, but many times like in a week, when people are talking about things that you would think would not be connected to relationship, they bring in that concept like it's a brand new thing. Right. They never thought of it before. You know, oh my goodness, you know, we've got clients and guess what? They're human beings and they want a relationship with us. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's um, very important. So um, I think I'm just gonna let you two go ahead and talk about what you'd like us to know. Mm. And uh, we will go from there. You know, let me just say, give you my background, too, just so you know, because I think that's important that you know, kind of the perspectives that we're coming from. So I am I'm a healthcare leader, administrative mm-hmm. leader. Um, and uh, oddly enough, when I tell people this, they are a bit shocked. But I knew that I wanted to go into that when I was in undergraduate school and, and actually prepared when I was an undergrad to go into healthcare administration as a graduate student. And so it's, and interestingly for this very many of the same reasons that you went into nursing mm-hmm. and physicians become physicians, but in a, in a administrative support capacity. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because people often don't think of the administrators yeah. coming in with that really deep, profound sense of wanting to contribute. So did you have some connection with healthcare or how did that get planted in your you know, brain? I didn't. I, it's not as if I had a, a series of health issues in my family. Um, I think it was this m- really going through a career exploration and wanting to merge my interest in leadership and business mm-hmm. with some with altruism and wanting to yeah. contribute. So I wasn't really profit driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, so those colli- you know those things collided yeah. and really created this. In fact, I went through a process to do that, and the healthcare administrator came out as one of the things. <laughs> That's really interesting because that's what, for a lot of nurses, when they're thinking about all of the downsides of nursing and they're plenty, um, is we call it the emotional paycheck that many people, you know, especially young people, I think when they're thinking about, oh, I don't want to be poor, I'm going to go into, you know, Wall Street or something like that. And then they realize that there isn't um, a lot that you can heal your soul with. In, in that kind of business. Mm-hmm. And so there are, I've had quite a few people actually that had gone into something like lawyer or something along that line and then got out of it and went into nursing because mm-hmm. they really realized that that piece was very important. Yeah, it, 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 it's, an, it's an important thing just because we you know, have a lot of issues in healthcare and, and there's so many different stakeholders mm-hmm. and it's always so easy to judge others' perspectives and so yeah. We really, in our work, we really point that out. And so uh-huh. I, I just happen to be able to point that out from my own experience, yeah. my own bias to nurses, for example, my own bias to physicians, their return bias to yeah. the administrator. And I don't think you're going to have anybody um, in our audience that's uh, going to object to this topic. I think it's one that they really yeah. feel is important, but they sometimes feel a little lost in how to create good relationships without crossing boundaries. So I, would, I want to pick up on what you're talking about, the emotional paycheck and the notion of, of how healthcare, there is there is 
no limit to the emotional material, let's say, that shows up in healthcare. And it's it's so important what you do with it. What what shows up is realness and rawness and the, the most human pieces of the human experience. And that can of course be devastating too. So I, I have always been astonished at the way the the way that nurses um, really have to manage all of that emotion and by manage I absolutely don't mean control Mm -hmm. I mean work with and look at and be you know just really be uh, awake to Mm -hmm. and and that's a that's a lot of what we I think we want to talk about today the whole notion of the three key relationships the relationships are relationship with self relationship with team or colleagues and relationship with patient and family Mm -hmm. and we we put them in that order deliberately because if it's really tempting for administrators in particular people who are or anybody who's yeah. uh, going to be measured in some way that there's a number attached everybody wants to see some sort of outcome and it, it just seems logical mm-hmm. that it's the patient uh, clinician relationship where, where the metrics will move mm-hmm. so there's all you know there's a, a real temptation to focus solely on that but we realize that what comes before that relationship with team is really important because yes. if the team isn't together, the, the patient, yeah, the patient feels dropped right through the net with a hole in it, and then there is no healthy team without uh, self-awareness and um, self-compassion and all of the other things that we, I think, are probably the main topic today. Because even though we're talking about the three key relationships, we're really wanting to focus on that first relationship. Yeah. The one well, that let's makes go work. to that, or, or I'll ask you, we've got about three minutes to the okay. break. Should we take the break now and then start in, or do you want to start with the three minutes and talk about that first relationship? Probably break would okay. be Okay, let's good. do that. Then we don't have to break once okay. you've gotten into the meat of it. Sure. So we're going to go ahead and go to break. And just a reminder, if you're just joining us now, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today with Rebecca Smith and Brett Long. And we're talking about the three keys to relationship. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And uh, again, if you're just joining us, I am here with uh, Rebecca Smith and Brett Long, who are part of the Creative Healthcare Management Team. And um, we're talking today about relationships. So I'd like to start, if I could, with uh, why psychological safety is more dependent on authenticity than politeness. I think that's a great topic. So <clears throat> there's probably few topics when we're out working with organizations, healthcare provider organizations, that gets more airtime and more discussion than this idea of trust and the mm-hmm. idea of genuine trust on teams in particular. And when we um, when we dig into that, what we find out is we, we get to this concept of psychological safety, which we were blessed to have from uh, the Harvard professor uh, that wrote about that. And, uh, and I'm blanking on her name, which we can come back to. Um, but the, the notion of psychological safety essentially is, are people able to come with their whole selves to work? And so what that means is, can I come uh, with my full bag of skills and uh, uh, strengths, as well as my weaknesses. And my team knows that, and we try to leverage my strengths, and we try to you know, put me in positions where I can leverage those. And it's, a, it's an amazing conversation to have. And the, the reason it's uh, more dependent on authenticity is um, politeness is really about um, impression management. It's really about what do people think, not really a deep, connected relationship. And trust is formed, and psychological safety is really developed based on genuine relationship. Yeah. And it, it isn't actually that, it isn't more sophisticated or difficult or um, uh, of a concept. It's really that if I know you, really, if I have a deep connection and I know you, I'm much more likely to give you benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. to trust you, 
and to know that if you say something and it rubs me the wrong way, I can go back to you and have a conversation. Yeah. So that's that's the idea. Of, also, if you tell me you're going to do something, you actually follow through. Well, yeah, right. And there is trust is that that's one uh, dimension of trust. But what we know is that level is a more superficial. Like if you're going to do if you're mm-hmm. reliable, okay, right. reliability is one, but but really a fairly superficial dimension of trust. Trust is really that I, I connect with you, I know you, um, I know what you're good at, I know what you're not good at, and we can have real conversations. We don't have yeah. to come with our army, armor on, mm-hmm. so there's real vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what we find in healthcare is the pr- probably the one primary thing that separates t- good or great teams from average teams mm-hmm. is that they have that sort of connection. It's interesting yeah. to think of something like politeness as armor, because those two things don't seem like they're actually in the same category, but they absolutely can be. Even something like over-functioning, being super reliable, not that you can be reliable to a fault, but you Mm -hmm. can lean on that instead of Mm -hmm. being real. I I, I would rather have somebody uh, partner with me really authentically about why they they aren't going to be able to keep an engagement every now and then than to just always be perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, there's nothing real about that. Hard to mm. complain about it, but it, it over time, and especially if what I since I don't come to this as a clinician, I do absolutely come to this work as a patient and as a family member of a patient, and and I want I don't want excuses, of course. I do want realness. Mm-hmm. I I really want the realness, and and often rarely does the realness come out in words. That's where it can turn into excuses, I think. But to see on someone's face that they're in it with you, mm-hmm. you know, means more than can I get you something Absolutely. for the third time? You know, yeah. somebody keeps kind of saying that, but you can tell that they're saying it because it's a customer service initiative. It, mm. The third time is terrible. Mm. And somebody who says it where the you, words, you know, the, the yeah. programmed words that you should yeah. say. And if you never say anything other than those program words, it really comes exactly. out as really Weird. Disingenuous. Yes, disingenuous. And so let's circle back. Let's go back to this three key relationships. Because the question is, what makes a person able to show up and be genuine? Okay, so let's go back to the three key relationship framework. So what we say is, obviously, the third key relationship is the relationship with families, uh, patients and, and their families. Ultimately, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. But for us, what we say is that's sort of table stakes or price of admission. Okay. (laughs) So to even say patients come first to us is Mm -hmm. sort of stating the obvious. Mm -hmm. And and what we think is it's got to go deeper. The question is how. And the how comes then in the the first two key relationships. Mm -hmm. So relationship with team. So what is the level of our teamness and our showing ability to show up psychologically uh, feeling safe? And to, to really create that, I individually have to be well, as well as I can be, right? Yes. So when, we're, when we say that, healthy, we don't, healthy. We don't mean right. perfect. What we mm-hmm. mean is I have a self-relationship with self, as we define it, is really about self-awareness. It's about uh, prioritizing my self-care, that I actually know my triggers. I know that when I'm going to show up in the morning. What does it take for me to show up at my best, knowing that my best is plus or minus? It's not mm-hmm. going to be exactly the same. I used every to day. call that bringing your adult to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we've dug into kind of what is that self dimension mm-hmm. here? 
because it's often, I would say more often than not, the one that's missed the most mm -hmm. because of who is attracted to healthcare to begin with mm -hmm. are folks that are so giving. Yes. And so we have a hard time even uh, convincing people of why this is so important that it starts with self. So I want to say a little bit more about the why, and then we're going to get to the how, because uh -huh. that's where that's actually yeah. usually where creative healthcare management differentiates itself from everybody else. We actually have the how too. So, so part of the why, part of part of the reason that self care gets uh, neglected is because it's undervalued. Like I need to take care of everybody else, and I come last, and that's just the deal. But um, if you know anything about fractals. You know, I don't. That's okay. a that's a new word to me okay. in this context. So, so I'll give you. I'll just I'll super oversimplify it because okay. that's basically all I can do with any math term. Um, so the idea of a fractal is simply that that it's it, imagine a picture that is made up of a, a bunch of tiny pictures that look exactly like the big picture. So the whole and the pieces of the whole are the same. So if you could, if this was animated and you could change one little piece of one of the little pieces, the whole thing would change. Hmm. And so the idea here is that, um, that we live in sort of a fractal universe and that let's say there are four people in a company, a really small company. One of them goes through a major, major, major change. It'll be super obvious how the company itself has now changed. It could not be otherwise. The same thing is true, but less noticeable if you are one of a thousand people in a company or, or one of uh, 40 people in a, in a, a department. Um, however, it's no less true that everything changes if you change, mm -hmm. which means that um, if you think that your self-care doesn't matter, you are mistaken about that because your, your self-care helps. If you're more loving, your uh, unit is more loving and your organization is more loving and your world is more loving. If you're more tired and haggard and, and resentful and stressed, your world picks up all of that. It all changes in some small way. So everything you do matters. No pressure. But everything, <laughs> but everything you do matters. And that's, and that's why. And do we, is there any more that we want to talk about on the why, or do we want to get to the how? Well, I would just add one piece to that. It's it's kind of the the math equation version of what you know Gandhi has said. You know, people popularize and abbreviate as be the change you want to see. Um, yeah. What we say is is that boy, don't don't underestimate you, your, the power that you have to influence your environment. And in the world of healthcare, that's a big deal. So the amount of impact that you can have, and there's a great responsibility that mm -hmm. comes along with that, that I think also maybe to some is almost frightening yeah. to believe that, to believe that we do in fact have a large impact on people's lives. Yeah. Some, some wisdom that comes uh, came to me from Marie Manthe, the founder of Creative Healthcare Management. I go to uh, nursing salons at her, at her house in you town read here. My in, mind. In Minneapolis. <laughs> you read my mind. I oh, was sorry. just thinking of that. Yeah. One of the things that, that it gets said in practically every um, uh, nursing salon, if there's someone there who is really, really struggling because of a culture of their, their department or unit or, or organization, um, Marie says, so is there anybody in your area who kind of thinks the way you do and wants things to be more loving, more connected, more whatever it is that this person is trying to achieve? And, and there's always somebody. There's always somebody. Well, only on this, only this one person. She said, okay, so you find your like-minded person. And this is the principle of what she calls like-mindeds and gentle action. Like-minded people 
taking gentle action. Because anything you do that is positive, no matter how tiny, will have some sort of effect. And even if the first noticeable effect is that you go from being two like-minded to three Mm like-minded, there's just always a way to to connect with people and, and keep on keeping on. So like-minded and gentle actions, one of my favorite. It's very, it goes with the fractal thing too, very beautifully. So, so how about we, how? What's that? How? So, how about how? Okay, the how, yeah. So uh, Mary Kalarudis, who is the CEO of Creative Healthcare Management now, uh, and um, her colleague, Michael Trout, she is a nurse. He is a child and family therapist, longtime child and family therapist. They wrote a book called See Me as a Person. And in this book, um, they talk about the four uh, practices, the four therapeutic practices. And they, the, that book is positioned very much uh, as with the practices as therapeutic practices. The practices, however, apply just as well to relationship with team and relationship with self. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the four practices are attuning, wondering, following, and holding. And attuning is exactly what it sounds like. It's just tuning into people and really uh, giving your focus to somebody. We picture that being something that is visual. We're making eye contact, but you can attune to someone who is asleep or unconscious. You can attune to someone mentally who's not even with you. It's just tuning into somebody. And attuning is the is the sort of foundational practice. Without attuning, none of the other practices can happen. The second practice is wondering, and it simply means being curious, being deeply, truly, authentically curious about someone. What, uh, to me, the greatest gift of wondering, uh, there's really are, there really are two. Assessment, of course, is better the more curious you are. The other really wonderful thing is that you cannot wonder and judge at the same time. I love that. Yeah. That is wonderful. It's literally impossible. So if you find yourself judging something or somebody, just get curious for a minute. What's, wait, 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 what's going on here? That, or there must be some backstory or there's something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that just, it softens everything. It can just take you from, you know, riled up resentment to a really soft, far more effective clinician at that point. Mm-hmm. Can I add one one element to that is also being curious about why I'm having a reaction. Right. So just even that element of stepping back and saying, why am I, why do I feel that in my gut right now during this meeting or this conversation? And why did I get triggered as opposed to the other eight people in the room who didn't seem to get triggered? That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and, and you don't have to go down, you know, all the way down the rabbit hole of that while you're at the meeting. It's just a quick note. Why Why now? Why am I, you know, ooh, everybody else seems fine. Good point. So the next thing is following. If you have time to go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> you do what's called following, uh, which is basically just kind of hooking into what you observe, maybe asking a question about it. The most the most sort of obvious way to follow something is, is to do some semblance of tell me more about that or that's really interesting or go, you know, go mm-hmm. on. Um, and, and sometimes though, sometimes you're trying to follow with somebody who doesn't really want to engage with you. And, and the thing you might have to do is just start, start observing things about this. Like, Oh, you have glasses on, you know, and, and maybe somebody responds, maybe they don't just like, Oh, I see that's an interesting shirt or something. (laughs) Something. Mm -hmm. There are ways to, to just kind of start to build a connection with somebody by simply following something you see or hear, or, you know, you, you, you tell me you're fine, but your face doesn't really mm-hmm. show the same thing. What's going on there? So kind of mirroring back. 
here's what you're saying, but here's what I'm. It feeling. can be, yeah, it can be, right? It it very much can be, yeah. And so that also the best way to to following is very hard to explain. And one of the hard, the easiest ways to understand it is by looking at what following is not. There are some really lovely things we might say to people that are kind of anathema to following. Like we might say. Um, uh, you're you're going to be just fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Well, that can be a very misattuned, very unattuned, very uncurious, very unrelational thing to say, even though it's super loving, because you really want to kind of go into like like. So, what are what are you your concerns right now? So then then if I say something comforting after that, they can actually be based on that person's exact confer- concerns. You mm-hmm. might say, oh, that's. That's not even a thing, you know, the thing you're worried about. Or you might say, well, you know what, you're you're right that that is something people deal with. And I know of two drugs that work really, really well on that or, you know, whatever it is. And then you can give some sort of informed reassurance to the person rather than the, the unattuned uh, based on nothing kind of assurance. Which is not assuring. Reassuring no. when somebody is not really hearing what it is about that thing that you're worried. You assume that they don't really know. They're just trying to shut you down. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's polite and it's not authentic. You know, that's, they're there. You know, (laughs) there's, it could be the perfect thing to say if you're really super tuned in. And it can be, if it's, if you're not tuned in, almost anything you do can be, can help make the person feel dropped, you know. And can we pause on that just for a minute? Because I think this is a good place to connect the dots back to self. Because... When we look at this, you, you, you look at this person with really good intentions, right? That says, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. They really believe they're being helpful. I mean, that's their intention. And it likely, it may or may not be. I mean, to, to, for a lot of folks, it sort of discredits what they're going through. It doesn't feel like it's um, that they're hearing. So while they're well-intentioned, the result is not very positive. But what is it, what's going on when people do that? Oftentimes, it's people that are really not able to go into that with us to share the moment of struggle Mm -hmm. uh, or suffering because it's too hard for them. Mm -hmm. So I think going back to why self is so important and we start going into these four practices around attuning, wondering, following, holding, you have to be sort of self-aware and well enough to enter into that relationship. Which means you have done that work yourself. To some degree. And we're not by any means saying that you need to be perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the antithesis of what we're saying. Yeah. It means you have started that work. And I think no more. Yeah. I don't think anybody ever finished. Right. right. Yeah. So I just want to connect. Not in this life. Yeah. Um, it brings to mind an example, actually. I know a lot of times for, for nurses, they like to connect it to something. I had a patient who came in in labor. Uh, OB, OB was my background. And um, she came in immediately with the feeling that she was terrified of having a C-section. Mm-hmm. And she'd already had a baby. And so, vaginally, and I was thinking, where is this coming from? And it kept coming up. She was progressing fine. There was no reason to think there would ever be a C-section. And then um, all of a sudden things changed and I don't even remember anymore what happened, but it ended up she needed an emergency C-section. And this was her great fear was that she was going to die of asphyxiation, like she was going to aspirate and die. And so, you know, many people are like, we're racing around like crazy trying to get her ready for surgery. But at the same time, you know, I was trying to figure out how do I support her? 
you know, the odds of that happening are really, really slim. I, I will, I, you know, so I told the anesthesiologist that this is, she's really afraid of this. And so he took that, you know, to, to, um, to heart. And in intubating, somehow or another, he didn't quite get all the way into the lung. And she did aspirate. Oh but because he was like looking for that, he immediately realized what was wrong, immediately was able to take care of it, and she had no adverse effects. But had that not been there, her intuition would have been exactly right. Mm. That is, you bring up a superb point too, like to, to follow somebody's intuition. And you can call it intuition after it happens. Yeah. Before it happens, it's somebody's wild idea of right. crazy, Worry. irrational yeah. fear. Oh my goodness! There's no such thing as an irrational fear in in that setting. Mm-hmm. Everything's worth following. If you if you eventually say, right. "Oh, that's not even a thing," so well, I'd love to hear you guys saying this. We're going to take another break here, and um, uh, this is once a nurse, always a nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm here with uh, two of my new favorite people, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett Long and uh, Rebecca Smith. And we're talking about relationships. And uh, we will be back in just a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. 
To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne, and welcome back. And uh, if you should be just reaching us at the last segment here of the show, we're talking about relationships, and I'm here with uh, Rebecca Smith and Brett Long. And, of course, this is my favorite topic, so I'm going to go back to Rebecca. She was telling us about four aspects of uh, relationship that are so important. Okay, so these there are, are four practices. There, there are things you can do. Uh, the first was attuning, always tuning into the person you're with, uh, and often their surroundings as well. Uh, wondering, just being curious, authentically, deeply curious about the person and situation. Following, which is basically keying into all of the, the cues the person is giving you and following up on them. And the fourth is holding. And holding is something that it does happen kind of automatically if you attune, wonder, and follow. As you might imagine, the person will feel held. And we, we describe uh, the notion of holding as, as creating a safe haven around the person. You, you, can, um, you can just intend, basically. You can intend a safe haven around a, around a person, as I think everybody will, will just resonate with that idea. Um, and it can just sort of happen. You could just be there for somebody. What you don't realize maybe is that you are attuning, wondering, and following <laughs> sort of simultaneously in order to make that happen. Those are just the pieces that make that happen. So the beauty of having these four practices uh, as four learnable, doable, teachable things is that the mystery is now taken out of, well, everybody knows that relationships are important, but how? How do you do it? So starting in 2012, I guess a little before that, there were workshops, See Me as a Person workshops, but the See Me as a Person book um, put into very clear uh, writing how what these four practices are and how you can make sure you're doing them all the time. And and I we said at the beginning of this that I'm one of the people who helps with the writing of the books. So I I had my, you know, brain and hands in this content for a couple of years even or a year and a half prior to 2012 and I'll tell you it 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 will it cannot help but change and improve every relationship in everywhere in your life you can't you can't you will not be able to just apply this to your work it applies to everything always Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you become um uniquely yourself which so many of us are you know in all that growing up time you spend so much time trying to figure out what am i supposed to be and other people are giving you input but until you're really listening to yourself and you're really willing to go in and do the work you know brett was talking about doing the work um, people don't understand what that is, but until I think you've really done some deep work, it is hard to understand other people's deep work. Well, and so what is the how for the deep work? Same how for the patient relationship. It's attuned to yourself, wonder about yourself, be truly curious. Not, oh my God, I did that again, but oh, why now? Why did I, what was that about? Mm-hmm. You know, gentle with yourself, follow yourself. Yeah. Imagine uh, uh, creating a safe haven within yourself what a wonderful thing. Yes. We all deserve yes. that and nothing less. Hmm. And who does that make you as a team member? Who does that make <laughs> Reliable, you as a clinician? Foundational. It's like people can yeah. rely on you to be there as a real person exactly. no matter what. 
Yeah, and we should say that the, we actually write about this. I mean, this um, concept in, in our newest book, which is Advancing Relationship-Based Cultures, which came out last year, there's a whole chapter on what we're talking about. So we've laid out you know, the three key relationships in, in chapter two in the book, which Rebecca and I uh, uh, co-authored, is all about the importance of this and applying these four principles of attuning, wondering, following, and holding to yourself. So mm-hmm. how can you apply that to yourself and go in and be you know, non-judgmental, yeah. be compassionate as you're going on this journey? And so just so people know, there's there's resources that are available. How, while we're talking about those resources, how would anybody get a hold of those resources if they were interested? CHCM.com. So CHCreativehealthcaremanagement.com. But it's CHCM, yep. Okay. <laughs> the four letters. The four letters, yes. Yeah. Yeah. the four letters. Yeah. So I think, you know, just going back, I mean, Amy Edmondson is the Harvard professor that, that really a few years back popularized this term of psychological safety. And I would say even now what's really exploded that idea and the importance of that in teams was the Google study that was done. And they spent uh, 18 months and two million, close to $2 million on this study to understand what separates ex- um, perpetually exceptional teams so over year over year these teams that just keep high performing and outperforming others what makes them that way mm-hmm. and they spent a long time with phd folks digging in coming up empty-handed until about the nine month mark where they started to realize because it was a they had to test hypotheses and they didn't know this was a this wasn't a <laughs> hypothesis to test yeah but they stumbled into this mm-hmm. that what separated these teams was that they could show up with completely themselves. They're not hiding, they're not coming on with, you know, in with two inch armor on, they're, people know what they're strong at, people know what they're weak at, and we come in together with, you know, this common vision. Mm-hmm. And so that that applies, you know, when we talk about that example in front of healthcare folks, they resonate, because yes. they believe that, especially Absolutely. as we talk about how, how do we react when mistakes mm-hmm. are made? How do we, you know, how do we really learn together? Do we learn together or is it really punitive? And so all of those things, I think, foundationally um, comes back to you and what you need to do with yourself to show up and create that kind of yeah. environment. Yeah, the healthcare organization that I worked with um, became connected with Gallup and they had done a similar kind of thing and it was uh, uh, a, a survey that was done yearly to see um, people's engagement and it was fascinating to see where we started and where we ended up with after I think eight years we had done mm. um, and during that time I think four four out of five years we were cho- chosen as the best large organization to work for in the Twin Cities area Wow! yeah it was like amazing and a couple of times we had t- tied for first place or you know we're second or third or something like that but uh, I think three out of those five, we were first. Mm. And what what caused engagement? Did they figure it out? Everything started from from the bottom down and the top, or the bottom up and the top down, where everything was about relations, oh. you know, and and um, trusting and approving of each other mm. and yourself, giving people permission to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and by and learn from those mistakes rather than being a punitive thing. Um, it just was a whole different feeling yeah. 
Um, and our patients were picking up on it and they were commenting, you know, when they would fill out surveys themselves, they would talk about the caring and, you know, they would say the nurses and, and all the different people, but it was really all through the organization. I think it I think it kind of has to be in order for it to be sustainable. Yeah. Because you as an individual, I as an individual can always do something, can always make a difference. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm if I'm doing this within a culture that I feel is slapping me down every right. minute or just even just not supporting me over mm-hmm. enough of a length of a time, I, I'm going to leave. Or I'm so lose that was it. the next thing I was gonna ask you. If you find yourself well, you talked about if you find yourself in an environment that's not where you want to be, start with yourself, yeah. be the change you want to see. And um, it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. But like you said, find those people that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And then they start to notice, oh, look what they're doing. They're doing something different here. I don't know what that is. And start to pay attention. Um, I had that happen with a doctor, mm-hmm. a female obstetrician who could not get along with her patients. Um, she had grown up in a, you know, a very um, you know, the medical model of um, not a lot of caring and a lot of horrible long shifts and you, know, you didn't really get connected. You certainly didn't um, get uh, emotionally connected to patients. But what is you know, having a baby then a very, very emotional event? So she would yell at the patients, literally, in labor and in delivery, you are messing this up, you are ruining this, you are going to be responsible if your baby does And I'm going, oh my goodness. So I just started, like, getting the patients, you know, look right at me, focusing on me, just listen to what I'm saying and talking her through each stage of it. You did a great job. Now we're just going to rest here. And about, took maybe a month or more, and all of a sudden I started hearing the obstetrician saying my words Uh, coming out of her mouth. She just didn't know what to do. So by seeing it and hearing it and realizing, oh, this works, um, you know, she just didn't want to have to take any blame for anything that was Mm. going wrong, but she didn't know how to change the situation. Wow. So, yeah. So gratifying. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I was so happy. I was so happy when that changed. Yeah, and so imagine, I mean, I can, nurses would do what you did mostly anyway, mm-hmm. but now imagine you maybe feeling, a, uh, the nurses feeling a greater permission to do something like that, even in the presence of this person. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's an amazing change. Talk about a, the fractal universe. Yeah. One little tiny thing once changes so yeah. many things always. It, it's so empowering. You know, we think there's so many people now that are talking about, I don't have any power. Yeah. Um, and the statistics, on, this is a little bit off course, but the statistics on young people uh, committing suicide or trying to commit suicide is stunning. Yes. And, you know, as I look at the world they've grown up in, it's a pretty fractious, mm-hmm. terrifying world. Who is it that we trust? And in many cases, those people that maybe I'm an old person, so... Yeah. I didn't even always trust necessarily the people in my religious community or or the police or all those different things. All of them now are being looked at askance. So who do you trust if you if you don't see anyone outside yourself and you're you're terrified inside yourself? How do you deal with that? So I'm compelled to brace this. I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine. We both have 19 year olds, boy and a girl. um, And. Something that we noticed in our our young people is that they don't want to interact with a pharmacist or the DMV or whatever it is because they don't know what to do. And what we're 
what we decided we're going to teach them, and I tested this on my daughter and it worked great, is, well, tell them what's happening and ask them if there's a way they can help you. You don't have to know what to do. But they, they but we noticed they were both paralyzed by not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows what to do. They, they think yeah. we know what to do. We don't know what to do. I go to the hardware store. I tell them what I want to accomplish, not what I need. Oh, so I know. Yeah, you're not the expert. Right. You, you'd right. be working in the hardware store if you knew how to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So the whole notion of... of I don't, I'm not sure what that is, and I don't want to say that it's true of all young people, of course. It is something to keep an eye on, though, whether it's happening to you, your child, your colleagues. Anything you want to add? I, I was just going to say one of the things I want to make sure we point out is that we're, we're hopeful. I think as we think about healthcare and the state of healthcare and where we're at, this we feel like there is really this collision course, this coming together of, of patient experience and the efforts and strategy around that with our employees and employee mm-hmm. engagement, really almost becoming, you know, if you think of the Venn diagram, almost eclipsing one another and becoming one. Hmm. So we feel hopeful that that's actually occurring. And a lot of the work that we're doing really supports that deep work and engagement with our employees that then leads to the outcome, which is great patient experience. So so we're, we're optimistic, at least I'm optimistic. Oh, very. And a whole lot happier team, you know, that your employees are a whole lot happier. Mm -hmm. We're down to a couple minutes. And is there anything as a last message you want to make sure that nurses around the world get? Oh, my goodness. Um, Trust yourself. You are enough. Mm -hmm. And if you ever don't know what to do, just tune in to Mm -hmm. somebody. Just tune in and and be there because it makes such a difference. Yeah. And I would, I would uh, echo that to a degree that you are enough and we can't hear that too often. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also the idea that what you do matters mm-hmm. and believing that and, and understanding that how you show up really has an impact. So even if you can't, if, you, if it's hard for you to even accept that caring for yourself is a priority, which mm-hmm. so many people have mm-hmm. a hard time with that, know that you showing up well has a really big impact mm-hmm. so even if you have to trick yourself into it <laughs> to say <laughs> yeah it's for your patients so here's here's another little piece on top of that too um very few things in life can be fixed mm-hmm. but practically everything in life can be made a little better mm-hmm. so don't mm-hmm. do not be overwhelmed by the fact that you can't fix it nothing can fix some things mm-hmm. but can you make it a little better and the answer is almost always yes you know and Coming back to the healthcare model, it feels like to me many times people want to fix something which sounds like an immediate, quick resolve of these uncomfortable feelings. And I see it more as healing. How do we heal? And what I've learned myself personally is that um, if someone else has harmed me in some significant way, there is nothing they can say, do, or whatever that is going to make it better. It's there. It's done. They can't change it, but I can heal it. Mm-hmm. So we actually need to close again, and this has been a really um, great conversation, kind of things I love to talk about. So this has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing, and I've been here with Brett Long and Rebecca Smith, and they are with the Creative Healthcare Management. I hope you'll check out their website and um, check out this for your community. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.
Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.